First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. In 2012, my life took a sharp, unexpected turn when my longtime partner died unexpectedly. It was on Good Friday. He was off work, so I'd kissed him goodbye that morning and headed into the office. I could never have imagined that morning that by evening, I would be reaching out to his family around the country, to his son overseas, telling them that he was gone. Loss awakened me to the reality of uncertainty. Robert and I were planning to go away for the weekend for Easter. Instead, I came to church with my children and my not-yet-son-in-law so I could hear a message of resurrection of spirit, even though I was numb and beyond sad. I needed my church, my anchor of the building and the people, I needed to be reminded that while nothing was certain, that I was still here and a way forward would emerge. That time and the weeks that followed were a fog. I remember very little. Later that year, our church invited Reverend Marilyn Sewell to come to Des Moines for a screening of the documentary film about her life called Raw Faith. I remember sitting in the auditorium crying watching this tender story of Reverend Sewell and her last year in ministry. There was a scene in that film that changed me yet again. In the scene, we are inside Marilyn's house, and she is preparing for the start of her day. It's a Sunday morning. Her movements are familiar. They're ordinary. She's making coffee. She's in her bathrobe. She's a woman alone in her home, as I was much of the time at that point. She speaks of her morning practice of journaling and prayer, and she says she closes this time of reflection each day with the phrase, what's next? I'm ready. And that, my friends, that was planted in my heart right then and there. It was a lifeline thrown to me in a time of grief and uncertainty, one that didn't offer any answers, but allowed me to imagine the questions that a next was possible and that in some way, I might be prepared to meet it. I began ending my daily journal writing with those four little words. What's next? I'm ready. And sometimes I'd draw a smiley face next to it. And sometimes I'd underline it. And sometimes I'd write it and think, no, I'm not ready. Because the question, what's next, is all about the unknown, which is every moment that lies ahead. We don't know what's next. We make our plans and we set our goals. We save our money for our kids' college and retirement. We operate as if life were predictable, when deep down we know it's not. It's all unfolding. It's all mystery. And when I stop and ask the question, what's next?, It's with the intention of being as open and curious to that as possible. What's next, I'm ready, offered me a way forward. It acknowledged the uncertainty and also offered me an assurance I could find a way to meet that uncertainty. What's next says to me that there is a door 
that hasn't yet been opened. It's the door of today and the door of tomorrow. It invites me to be open, to be curious, be attentive, be present to the, the invitation that is right in front of me and right in front of you. It also acknowledges that I cannot know what's next. It's a question, not a statement. It reminds me that the unknown is ever-present and that I have a choice to be open to it or not. It is also a heartfelt query. Hey, universe, what's next? What's possible? Where do I need to be? What am I meant to do? Who will be with me on the journey? What wonder, what joy, what loss awaits? There are times in life when asking what's next is scary, even unwanted. What's happening right now may be overwhelming, it may be painful, it may be really too much. And what if what's next is even more challenging, more painful, more overwhelming? Can we sit with that possibility in our lives and still find a way to live with our hearts open in readiness? In readiness. It's a lot to ask. What I found in the months after Robert's death and then two years later after my father's was that grief for me was a way toward readiness and open-heartedness, not a barrier to it. I found a tenderness toward my fellow travelers that allowed for the truth of us all, that we are all struggling in some way, that kindness, kindness smooths the way, and that I can never know what is true for someone else. Like the reading about the red threads, no one can live your life for you. No one can know what threads in another's life are shining and bright and which ones are so faded they are barely there. Knowing this has allowed me to stand in deep waves of sorrow, to weather strong winds of anger, to wade into the quicksand of confusion and disappointment and still stay open to what's next. And what is it about I'm ready that draws me? I think back in 2012, it felt impossible to be ready. I felt battered by reality. I didn't have any idea what was ahead for me, much less how I could prepare for it. Taken alone, I'm ready. Well, it assumes some kind of preparedness, right? It's like, I got this. I've got it all under control. I've got myself together. And I do not feel that way an awful lot of the time. But in this an expression, in this expression of those four words, what's next, I'm ready, there is a partnering that occurs. This readiness is not about knowing, but about expecting not to know and to find a way to enter that unknown with our hearts open. As Reverend Victoria says in our invitation to meditation, she says there is a readiness which is the heart of prayer. It is the heart of hope. It is the heart of love. It is the heart of community. I believe it means it is possible, even on the most unlikely of days, to be open and curious about what lies ahead. I believe it means that we can trust that we have what we need to move into that next. 
For me, I'm ready is about the deepest part of myself, the part that wants to be present and attentive, the part that wants to be able to respond, to be thoughtful, to be kind, to be strong, to be gentle. It is about the work of living, of facing forward with anticipation that I am indeed ready for life. Some years later, after seeing the film and incorporating this practice, I read Reverend Sewell's book by the same title, Raw Faith, in which she tells in detail the story of her life from her very difficult childhood all the way to when she accepted the call to become the senior minister at First Unitarian Church in Portland, Oregon in 1992. The first reading from today was from the final chapter of that book. In those few words, she brings to us the truth of our lives, that we will find our way, but it will not be as we expected. And we may not get what we want or have things arrive the way we wanted them to, as we'd wished. We will find our way, but the decisions we make along the way will have costs. And sometimes those will feel worth it, and sometimes they will not. But Sewell arrived at that place. She followed the thread of her longing to give what she had to give in life. And she says that at age 50, she had arrived home and was ready to begin. That was her first church she ever served. She was 50 years old. She stayed 17 years and retired. This readiness, this sense that I have given myself to what matters to me, This is what I wanted to experience. When preparing for a training with Amos, the community organizing collective to which our church belongs, I read about the idea of red threads from the second reading. The visual spoke strongly to me. I started to pay more attention to what brought me energy and passion, as well as what depleted and exhausted me, because that's the other side of the red thread reading, really. I didn't include that part, but the red threads are the things that work and that If they're not red, they need to go. I said yes to the things that energized me and brought me pleasure and joy and passion. And slowly but surely, I learned to say no to the rest. That was the harder part. I learned to look at my career with an eye toward red threads within it. I invested in building relationships with clients and colleagues. I looked for the red threads of church life learning to listen, to learn, and to teach, and finding a red thread in the community organizing work of Amos and in teaching our young people in coming of age. I took in and deeply learned the joyful energy is what identifies a red thread for me. If I feel joyful energy, I'm going to follow it. Curiosity and imagination fuel me. I seek positive change and growth for myself and hopefully for those I'm traveling with as I've woven those threads together. Being attentive to red threads has been part of creating a heart that is ready for whatever comes next. Thinking back to that day when I sat in this auditorium and cried watching Raw Faith and meeting Reverend Sewell, who was, who was anyone here that day? I know that some of you, I know Sue and Elaine, um, I recommend it if you want to see it. It's very good. But, I, but, but being that day and, and remembering back to that day and how I cried and got to meet her, and I just feel, so, I feel really grateful for everything that led up me to that day, both the hard stuff and the good stuff. 
If I hadn't experienced loss just prior to that, I would not have been so impacted by that, nor had the long ongoing conversation with myself about what matters to me and what comes next. It's all important, the hard stuff and the good stuff alike. Every life contains both. Everything that is will one day be what was, and then it will be something new, like our children's story described. The blue above us is, and in a sense it is also was, as the days and years of our life go by. I want to be awake to to what is now, and when it passes, I want to know that the time was well lived. What's next, I'm ready, taught me to accept what is and let it go. To turn towards what's next with the curiosity and imagination that are my red threads. The possibility of a next that shines with what matters most to me. Connection, joy, energy, love. When I think about our church, I imagine this readiness to be a combination of both things concrete and ephemeral, right? It's good finances and imagination, of equipped leaders and expectations of joy and love. The readiness I imagine at the heart of Reverend Sewell's prayer is one which is a readiness of the heart, a willingness to allow the future to unfold as it will, even knowing, as she says, that it will not necessarily be what we want or on our own timeline or in the way we expect. Good lesson. This sounds exactly like congregational life to me. Exactly. Looking at all of you, I hold abundant hope that we can be ready in this way. Ready for whatever next comes our way, whether that's that's a new minister, we get new members, we change, we grow, we have loss, we have birth, we have death. We can be ready. We can love fiercely what is and be willing to let go when the need be, ready to embrace whatever it comes next. Oh, and it will be imperfect. It will be imperfect. And this week, I got a little lesson in that as well. After nearly a dozen years, I decided to watch Raw Faith again. And yes, it made me cry again. And you know what I discovered? I had it wrong. Reverend Sewell didn't say, what's next? I'm ready. (laughs) She didn't. She said, what's next? I'm available. I had it wrong all this time. But in my heart, I didn't. I had it right. I had it right for me. What I wanted and needed was to build a sense of resilience in the midst of my deep grief. I wasn't available for anything. I remembered it wrong because I needed it to be right for me. I'm ready was a kind of red thread. I grasped it with my heart and held on. What's next, I'm ready, has been a personal mantra, one that has reminded me day after day that I am here now, that the future starts in this very minute, that my heart can settle into a place of openness if I allow it to do so. Maybe now I can consider whether to change my meditation to what's next, I'm available. We'll see. 
I expect that life will show me in unexpected ways the direction I need to go. And for our church, I imagine it will be the same. If we said to ourselves as a congregation, what's next? We're available. I can only imagine what doors might open for us all. May it be so.